I think the podcast is a little bit about poker, but mainly about people. And the podcast is a little bit of bringing both worlds together, the diehard people that are in poker, but learning about what they do outside of the poker world. Poker ain't life. We are going to discuss, discuss the million dollar question. Is poker life? Welcome to the Poker Ain't Life podcast, and today we have a Mr. Come On Son, Damian Richardson. Come on, son. And I I just got to start off and ask, what happened with the tooth, bro? Yeah. Being that it's Christmas, I needed like an idea of something to get for Christmas. So how did it a tooth. Yeah, said, I it. want a tooth. Let me just that's break this shit. Poker, poker isn't going well. Like that shows how bad I'm running in life right now. Like poker ain't it. Poker ain't life. So as you can see, what happened with the tooth? Um, that was playing family basketball. Kind of dive for a loose ball. So I kind of look like the Knicks out there trying to hustle, <laughs> not winning. We lost the game. I dive for a loose ball, caught up maybe a mild concussion, and mm-hmm. chipped my tooth on the ground. But I'll send you the video so we could play it for everyone else. Damn, that's rough. That but sucks. We'll make it. It's all good. It's, it's just a quick reminder that you could run pretty bad in life, not just poker. <laughs> poker. Yeah, it'd be like that, man. I, what, I, what did I have done? Oh, my, my back tooth. Yo, I had my tooth pulled, bro. That shit was the worst feeling I ever man i ever and you feel it after two days later everything else yeah bro that shit was not it not it at all all right right, mr richardson let's get on with these questions got about 10 questions here for you poker ain't life we are going to discuss the million dollar question is poker life or isn't life so what's your favorite poker hand easy queens Pocket queens. Yeah, pocket queens. I love women. I love bad bitches. So <laughs> pocket queens it is. But um, one of my first five-figure wins, the winning hand was pocket queens. So, you know, you see everyone hold up the hand they win with. Like mentally, it's for me, it's pocket queens, me holding up pocket queens. So it's been that way for a while. Okay. Haven't won in a while because poker in your life, but it's been that way in a while. <laughs> I was going to say. I like queens too. That that might be my favorite hand as well. Actually, I'm not even gonna lie. And um, it's easy to let go. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> when, when there's an ace or a king on the board, they get pretty wild. It's easier to let go than if my favorite hand was ace king or yeah, random king jack or or seven eight. I like. I don't know. Everyone has weird favorite hands. Yeah. Not uh. Oh, I like that better. Yeah, that's like perfect. Yeah, you don't leave it like that. Yeah, I like pocket queens too. Um, what's your favorite poker player? So I don't even think he still plays. Um, the White Pilgrim. You ever heard of him? Nah. The yeah. White Pilgrim. Yeah, the White Pilgrim. Oh, the uh, White Pilgrim. <laughs> I, I thought know. you said. I thought you said the White Pilgrim. <laughs> 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 that, that'll be like that like you thought that was his username like that's his acr name you're like look at a shark scope the white pilgrim <laughs> oh, the no. white pilgrim the white pilgrim he, the black dude 
Yeah, black dude. I'm from mm-hmm. Brooklyn. He's also from Brooklyn and now I'm playing. I actually went to a couple home games where he was at too. Super chill dude. And for, for him, I kind of like how he talked trash when he played. I think a lot of people these days don't really speak when their heads up at a final table to try getting their opponent. Oh, head. I know, dude. I know it's dude you're talking about. He won something big, right? Hey, he won a Borgata yeah. one, and then he had another deep run. But just as it was on TV, so I'm sure a lot of people saw it. But he definitely had a little bit of style and swagger when he played. Yeah. <laughs> Was crying at the end of his set. He got that on his hands. Yeah, oh, that's the love. He had the family there too, and he's a Trini. Yeah. So it's good to just see people embrace the the culture and have even people in a Caribbean culture there too. So that was good. Yeah, that was also. I'm not gonna. Lie. As far as play style, I like um, when I studied uh, Alexander Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. A little, a lot of people probably aren't familiar with him. He goes by Assassinato. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I definitely know, like, who he is. Oh, okay. okay. He used to stream at one point. I don't think he streams anymore. Yeah, right? yeah. I haven't but seen still, him in a while. A lot of, and he's great because a lot of people still, you know, even to this day are big on the GTO. So, you know, exploitive style is just amazing. <laughs> like, I can't wait. I'm, I'm releasing a bunch of stuff that just basically kind of shows, you know, Exploit, exploitative style and how it does against GTO and certain certain lines you can take that would just make you so much money. Next level stuff to remind me that poker ain't life. <laughs> like, is <laughs> that the game's getting harder and harder and harder? And as soon as it's solved, now there's a way to exploit the people that play the way that it's solved. But this has been around for a while. You know, this is probably old stuff. GTO, I love it. That's always what I've played. I know GTO poker as well. I mean basic you know concepts of gto and you know still learning above above my pay grade check my shark scope i make shit above my pay grade so definitely right now i'm actually focusing on studying so i'll let you know what playing style i gravitate to i'm actually like learning on reviewing content from both but next year when I take it like actually on the road, that's when I'll kind of figure out the playing style. Right now I'm just a traditional lag, pretty loose, pretty aggressive. I'm trying to just increase the way I play. I would say the way I play depends on the stage of the tournament and my stack size, but mm-hmm. anyone could see when I'm making adjustments. Like I'm pretty ABC depending on where we are and how I'm doing. But let me ask you this, playing against a GTO player, and someone just does something unconventional, what goes through your mind immediately? If they're a GTO player and they do something unconventional? Yeah, doesn't that make you doesn't that make you more prone to make mistakes because it's unconventional and you don't know what, like I'll give you an example. It's a $60 pot and a person shoves 200 bucks. And you're sitting there with top pair, top kicker. See, I don't play cash, so it's it's hard. I- I don't know what that means. Or we could think of it like even in a tournament. Let's say that it's a 2K pot and someone shoves all in for 10K. Doesn't make any sense and it's five times the size of the pot. Well, I know still- what, depending on the situation, I'm going to know what that means, right? So like pre-flop, you know, that means a couple of things. They want protection. So it's probably like like a small pocket pair or ace-king, right? Mm-hmm. Post-flop, you know, if they're shoving, they're, they're scared of draws getting there. They, you know, it's... Or if they're like really an amateur, then you know sometimes they are nutted, not even nutted, but like they're overvaluing their hand. Like a lot of Absolutely. times you see that with, with trips or something. There's no draws, <laughs> you know, like 
you know. Um, so you just got to kind of know who you're playing, right? So and make those adjustments. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so where are you from? Where are you born? We're born in the island of Jamaica, same place as you with the flag in the background. So. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, man. I was, a- I was actually born here, but big ups to any of my island all right so you speak patois yeah, unlike me well yeah don't know already i like a thing i like a thing but yeah, yeah. I, I was born there most of my family grew up there and or transcended to like new york like i did okay and then, um, i was in new york till about five years ago then i went to texas and then from texas i just moved to miami this year but when did, what how old were you when you came over from the islands three years old but i spent every summer in jamaica so if school ended on thursday friday i was to jamaica or the the by the next week and i spent the entire summer so even though i went to school here it's like i grew up in jamaica so i embraced a lot of the culture That's best awesome. food in the world isn't even steak and for me it's oxtail yes ma'am yeah, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, my family's from deep in the in the bush, uh, Clarendon. I know exactly where Clarendon is. It's probably yeah. less than twenty minutes away from where I'm at. I'm from an area in the bush, also called Orange Hill, St. Anne. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably got cousins that are related. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Come on, gamble. Maybe switch it up. Maybe we're related. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> the come on, son. Yeah, Gear of Sun doesn't sound right. That sounds like a, a terrible movie, Gear of Sun. Gear of? Gear <laughs> of Sun. My... Yeah, we'll just go with Come On Gamble. That's... Mix in the two brands. I like that, actually. Come On Gamble? Mm. Oh, we have, to, we have to figure something out. Well, you wanted to, you wanted to hop on the GOG, the GOG anyways next year, right? So there's some work for you to do. Absolutely. Uh, well, what do, you, what do you think the podcast is about, in your words? Our podcast? Yeah. I think the podcast is a little bit about poker, but mainly about people. Okay. And the reason I say people is because everyone in the world does different things outside of poker. So I think the podcast is a little bit of bringing both worlds together, the diehard people that are in poker, but learning about what they do outside of the poker world. And right. I think one of the biggest purposes, at least for me, is to realize that you could get so involved in a game. You're playing. If you're not playing, you're studying. If you're not studying, you're thinking about the game. If you're not thinking about the game, you're you're researching or watching someone play the game. With all the content that's out there and how accessible it is, I feel like people get really engulfed in the game where if you're not playing, you're studying or practicing or watching it, even if you don't have the money to play that they forget about the other things that go on in the world to remember that poker ain't life. I know that's that's been me probably for the last two years since the pandemic, just poker, 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 poker. If I'm not online, I'm in a, I'm in a tournament. If I'm not in a tournament, I'm in cash. If I'm flat broke with absolutely nothing because poker ain't life, I'm watching a stream for four or five hours of someone else playing. So it's so easy to get engulfed within the game, whether you have a buy-in or not. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's what, I really want to focus on, right? I want to focus on, you know, the the smart lifestyle choices that we can, you know, make to help aid our poker play, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. And I, one of the things you said, I don't think that necessarily uh, studying for five hours, I mean, maybe you could cut that time down and probably can figure out better time management. But, I, you know, obviously you want to study. That's not necessarily a bad, a bad thing to do. 
Um, no, I would consider that is definitely maybe, a good thing. It's yeah, yeah. those things that people need to do. But mm-hmm. what I meant is like when the people that get so involved, like they haven't even watched like a, net, a TV show or re- anything that's not poker related. Yeah, right? exactly. And, I've been there for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I like to say I'm a, the value hunter. I, I tend to try to find the value in poker. And if there's a, if I don't see the value in it, I just won't play it, you know? So you'll tend sure to like, see me doing, turning a hundred dollars into 50 grand or, <laughs> you know, $5 into five grand. You know, I know exactly what you mean. For me, I think that's another big thing too, where it's so easy to play a $3 tournament with a $20,000 prize pool. And I'm looking at like, damn, that person's going to turn that $3. Unless they final table, they're about to spend five, six hours to min cash for eight bucks. The value is not there for me to play a $3.30 just because of the time frame. Now, if it was a $3 sit and go or hyper, I'm like, all right, cool. I'll play it for, you know, quick little 15, 20 minute tournament. But yeah, I definitely know what you mean from a value standpoint and a time standpoint. Yeah, people people don't uh people don't like to wait like I do. I I wait, man. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like I do have a little bit of like ADHD in me, but at the same time, you know, I, I've I've been bored. There's been times I used to sit up at, at my school UMass all summer just fucking doing nothing. So, you know, sitting at a poker table for hours. I mean, even the big tournaments that I won, I satellited into them. I wasn't paying or started paying you know, five hundred dollars to play in a tournament. I was paying a hundred dollars to satellite into that. Yeah, guaranteeing a seat, running and it magic up. Magic happened and won with that. You know, so. But um, yeah, right I'm always trying to find value. That's why I don't even play cash. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of value in cash, but I just think that it's it's harder to find. Um, the risk and reward. No, just like well, around location is is big around too so like i mean actually there's probably a good amount of cash games around me but i just think that i know i can outlast a majority of the pool in tournaments and in cash i don't necessarily know i can do that you know what i mean not even it's not even a lasting game it's more of like you know, like make money and then leave. Yeah, make money and leave or show up with tons of money because I think that's something that I had to adjust for when I played in Texas. There's no, there's match to stack. So if someone's at up four or 5K in a one-two game, someone else could come and buy in for four or 5K and out of nowhere now a one-two game is like a deep stack 10-20 game. So I've been there where those games play way bigger or guys come and play because that's the only game there. But to them, that 10, 20 players looking at someone at one, two, like this person has no idea what they're doing or they're not used to that. And then they're sitting in 4K deep owning a table while I'm there with 200 bucks. So the question was, what and where do you play? Um, Kind of answered it. Yep. But to reiterate where again? So right now I'm mainly online. If there's a series, chances are I'm there, but um on acr mainly i'm doing a little bit of bet online but miami area and austin area so just being in austin knowing the places that's good to go back and visit that's my second home and there's tons of good tournaments here in just florida it's a great adjustment okay what's your favorite uh casino 
I'm gotta go with this little casino 10 minutes away from where I'm at. They don't have tournaments, but it's a small card room called Hialeah Casino. Okay. No one speaks English there. So sometimes <laughs> you may see me and I'm just Spanish in the background. I can't even argue with anyone or say anything because I don't know what the hell is going on. So yeah. the dealers all speak Spanish. The waitress, staff, like, uh, you know, some people that have decent English or try or their work with me or try to tra translate for me. But the mm -hmm. place is awesome. Every day they have high-end promos, 500 bucks, or in some days, 1,000 bucks every 20 minutes. Between the promos, between the people, like, I, it's hilarious seeing someone have a bad beat and just get animated. They're literally, like, jumping and yelling. Uh, biggest cash. Biggest cash was 16K. And that was like earlier this year, I came second in the 150K on let's fucking go. Um, how much of it I cashed out, I will not confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, uh, the biggest cash was 16K. But so the biggest withdrawal was not 16 We'll talk about how much. Yeah, we won't talk about that. Yeah, poker is a life. So biggest cash, 16K, biggest withdrawal. We're going to have a whole discussion about that, honestly, because, like, the different, the disparity and fucking buy-ins between the sites is just crazy. You'll go to, like, you'll go to Ignition where the fucking buy-ins are, like, fucking... Ten dollars, twenty dollars, and you'll go to ACR. The buyer is like two dollars, three dollars for the same level ten Ks. You know what I'm saying? But then you'll go to like some other site, you know, like fucking Global Poker. And it's like forty dollars <laughs> for like a two K. Like what's going on? They ain't got no play. The, they don't the got same no way the, Yeah, it'd be the same way on the apps too. Not you know, but the apps that makes more sense less a smaller player pool but yeah, and i think that's a mistake a lot of people including myself like i don't play those 15 dollar 20ks like if it's more than 2000 people chances are i don't want to play it unless mm -hmm. it's a day two tournament mm -hmm. so like day two tournaments isn't as bad cuz when you play a flight you're only playing against a couple hundred people and day two is a couple hundred but those one day tournaments with 10,000 people like them poker star millions for 100 bucks with 25,000 yeah. people there's no way I could beat 25,000 people give me 400 <laughs> people and a little bit of weed and, and some alcohol I can outlast four or 500 Bro, people I can't wait and let's tell. ask you this what is the sketchiest poker incident or story you have or have experienced oh man so I already told you the story about when I was at a game that got raided. Oh, tell that story, yeah. So, so this was an underground game in Austin, and we're playing, chilling, having a good time. Drinks are going, massages are going. You know, we're feeling good. Like life's amazing. Life's good. It is what it should be. Then out of nowhere, we were in a first floor apartment, and a door just got kicked in. We thought it was actual like burglars thinking that it was a stick up. All of us head down. They had laser beams, everything. I thought it was over for me. I'm not even like, I'm trying to pick up my chips and put it closer to me thinking like, oh snap, this is probably all I'm going to get if they don't take this. And turned out to be, it was a raid. They thought it was a actual um, trap house. So they busted in thinking it was a trap house. So it was just it was a poker game. And after like an hour, they, they let us all out. It was cool. It was good. But 
I kind of toned it down from home games like after that, kind of just a risk because that who what if it wasn't the cops? Exactly. A lot of people said they'd rather it be the cops and let us go home than you know something worse happened. So after that, I kind of slowed down a little bit, but definitely been more in card houses and casinos since. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was a little sketchy. But outside of that, like I've played in basements, I've played in backyards, I've played in like random places in New York that the daytime. They're selling like life insurance in the nighttime. We got four tables going. <laughs> so I legit played in a lot of different places, but that was just the sketchiest event that ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be sketchy out there, man. I mean, poker is just, even the, you know, the founders of poker. So actually we were just talking about the term, the nuts. Mm-hmm. Do you know where that term comes from? No. Nah. So the term, I feel like a lot of people don't know this because, I don't even know this, and I read fucking suit. I've read fucking countless books, but you would think that this would be in Super System or one of the books, but it definitely wasn't. It's just something I would remember. So the term "the nuts" comes from wooden nuts that were inside wagons that never the, broke. The wagon wheels, the wheels that turned the wagon, the nuts that were inside of them. You know, the axle, basically. Yeah. They would, you know. They would take out those nuts and then that attached the wheel to the axle and put them on the poker table so people couldn't take off after losing or winning or trying to rob them and then take off. What the hell? Yeah, that's crazy. That's some fucking dope ass. Yeah, that's completely different. I I thought you were gonna say like they just they were the nuts that you can never break. It's the absolute hardest thing, like you can't get <laughs> no. any better. That's yeah. what you would think. Everybody's like, oh, I want to touch the No, them shits is wood wood wheel <laughs> accessories. We got like maybe two more questions. Um, that was probably a good segue. Me talking about Super System. What books have you read? What's your uh, favorite poker book? Favorite poker book. Um, I've read a lot of different entry level ones, like all of the ones most poker players read. But the one, one that changed everything for me was kill everyone so back in the day when i really got into poker there was this player called battle at 33 he still plays today he's won millions live and like but back then he was so aggressive like i would i would see him and just talk trash because i was like really scared of him he probably was one of the first lag players back then we're think we're talking probably like 2010 and that book, Kill Everyone, just talked about just playing a style where you are pretty much very loose, but it explained the aggression and it explained the numbers in a way for me, entry level, like, all right, that makes sense. If this works three out of five times and I get this big line, it works, but here's why I need to do it. And here's why I can't just flat and I need to raise. So that book really made me more aggressive. And the whole entire thing was just about, it's it's either like, you're going to kill them or they're going to kill you. So I just talked about how to gain chips in tournament style and why it's important to do certain uh, mm. plays. Oh, I'll have to watch that. That's pretty, uh, I mean, I'll have to read that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, they That's made a true. second one I never read. I think it's called Kill Phil for the second one. I don't know uh, what it's called, but they uh, definitely did make a second one. I'll have to check that out. Right. And that's on your mind. There was one where I was in Foxwoods and I was competing for the uh this is literally the the ultimate uh fucking chip in a chair story. I literally got left with one chip on the right. bubble of the tournament that I ended up getting the trophy for. 
right? You serious? And I let on the bubble day one, got left with one chip. Heads up, aces versus aces. I I kid you not, bro. I'm not joking. Heads up on the bubble, aces versus aces. Um, literally, they're taking 18 people to the next day where there's 19 people left, right? And I get aces. The guy next to me got ace. We both got like I got like 400 and so I got like 500,000 chips. He's got like 499,000. Huh? You're pretty much a lock. Yeah, but listen, no, I literally got left with one chip. Like he had like I had like 50 500,000 chips. He had like 400 and like 90,000, not 495,000. I got left with one 5,000 chip, right? Because we both went all in with aces and he four carded flushed me. Jeez. I got left with one chip and somehow I ran that up the next day. I got the first hand I got dealt was pocket fives. I ended up doubling up with a four card flush. Then I just ran that shit all the way back up, man. Everything and, happened for a reason, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a blessing to have that happen. The most unluckiest shit and then the, the most luckiest shit happened. God talks to you or the poker gods fucking work in mysterious ways, man, because there's no way I should have won that. I satellited for one. I satellited into it. Then I ended up almost busting on the bubble. Then I fucking somehow win the shit. See? I was going to say, I got to get going, Tony, because I'm cutting it close to the flag. I'll leave here in 11 minutes. All right, bro. Hi, right, bro. What we could do is probably, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm already, I could already see great things coming from it. Like, yeah, I could man. already see and tell. I think but, so, yo, too. Let me go run. I'm going to text you, and we'll yeah, figure it out. But I'm going to, 